Welcome back to another episode of We Need to Talk About the Oscars 2023 edition. The podcast, this is our podcast where three friends, three movie nerds, and three movie podcasters break down the 95th Academy Awards category by category, talking about the nominees, who we liked, maybe who we didn't, who missed, and all that other good stuff. So hope you guys don't mind that I just labeled us as movie nerds like I'm totally comfortable with the nerd label, but feel free to cast that if uh, you are not as nerd proud as I am. But uh, with me, my fellow movie fans, maybe movie nerds, here first, uh, as always, the wonderful and talented Jackie McGriff. Hi, thanks for having me, as always. I'm ready to talk about Best Director tonight. Yes, yeah, thank you. And Jason, and my friend, Jason Bills. Hello, I'm glad to be here. Uh, Mike, uh, we actually have video as we talk to each other and uh, just relax your triangle of sadness there. I want you to just be relaxed. <laughs> just, just, just keep, just relax. That's all I'm saying. Jason, I'm so disappointed in you. Well, as Jackie previewed, we are tonight breaking down the best directors. So a lot to talk about this week. Before we talk about that, I'm just interested and, you know, because we love the Oscars, but also other things just over the past week or since we talked last, uh, what have you guys been watching? Anything, anything notable aside from like the movies we're going to talk about tonight that you're like, I saw this. I really want to throw out some thoughts or, you know, anything like that. Anything we should be watching. Um, personally, um I've sort of been playing catch up, so I've mostly focused on these categories or this category director specifically. So I, I haven't got much other than that. How about you, Jackie? Um, no, I, I've been going around Netflix and Netflix, by the way, with all of the, with all the shade that's going towards Netflix, <laughs> absolutely 100% deserves it. Right. Um, mm-hmm. because they've been doing some shady stuff. Um, but um they have been really just quick and amazing like with these documentaries that are coming out yeah one in particular and it's about this fire um this this uh which starts off as a forest fire and it quickly just becomes this huge wildfire um in paradise i think it's called fire in paradise clicks and oh my god like i was like on the edge of my seat really like I, because I didn't know this story. I didn't. I didn't. Yeah, I, I don't know that. But there was nothing I don't about like, I, and it may have been in passing that I heard about. It, but I'm, it nothing in the story like rang any bells. And for like a fire to have spread that quickly, and people are like talking about like, you know, driving down the street and like fire in front of them, fire behind them, fire on the sides. Like that's it's it was. Wow. Um, and like these people are talking about their very real experiences and it's just nuts and like that i think it's like wow i don't even know if it's like 40 45 minutes to an hour it's not that yeah, long. 40 minutes yeah yep. just it's, added it to my watch list yeah same here uh, same here yeah so nice if you need documentaries to watch i'm here <laughs> excellent that's good i love netflix documentaries um yeah that's good stuff excellent um yeah i've been similar i think with well, all of us like trying to catch up on the Oscar nominees. I was happy that I saw a couple movies that did not, got not, did not get nominated are definitely going to be in our snub categories. 
including one Jackie that you mentioned in our best supporting uh, discussion. Uh, first, I saw Woman King, which nice again. I we'll be talking. We'll be doing the best actor and actress award, and I already have the rage for how Viola Davis. <laughs> and it's fantastic and incredible. Um, you know, it. a lot of thoughts. I will save thoughts on that for when we get into that discussion. Uh, but that was great. If you haven't seen Woman King, don't make the mistake I did. Get out and see it. And I believe it's coming to Netflix uh, in 16th? February. So maybe yeah. by the time you hear this, yeah. it'll be yeah. available. Um, the yeah. other one I saw was Devotion. <gasps> and I <laughs> might hot take argue that it is the better fighter pilot movie of 2022. Whoa. Um, fighter pilot Bold movie starring Glenn Powell. Bring all the smoke, Mike. Bring it all. I, so I, for, I for one... And I, I love uh, the like classic World War II, or this is Korea, but they're World War II era fighter planes. I love that, like the prop planes. I thought it was shot beautifully. Like, uh, again, when we get to, well, technical and best picture, yeah. we'll talk about Top Gun Maverick. And I like that movie. I, you know, I'm in general, I love fighter planes. So it's super cool, but it's, we don't get to see that those classic planes. So that was really cool. And I mean, the story itself was fantastic. Jack, you're right. Uh, Jonathan Majors is freaking incredible. Um, oh, so good. I'm guessing the scene that you were talking about, is it the mirror scene? Yeah. Oh my God. Yes. That's cool. <laughs> no, no. But it's so good. You know, and there's so much good stuff in that movie. Oh man. I, I loved that movie a lot. So I was really happy to see it. In fact, I was just talking with a friend yesterday who's like, oh, yeah, I saw it. It looked like kind of your typical military movie. And I'm like, well, it's got, you know, the the stuff that, you know, some of the, like, yeah, this is what you yeah. expect out of a war movie. Right. Um, but it's, it, it was really good. I really liked it. So, and again, it just, it was shot beautifully. It's, again, it, it, to me, visually, in mm -hmm. terms of, like, watching all the shots, like, of the planes and, like, doing all these cool maneuvers and stuff yeah. and, like, in the hills and stuff, to me, was just as gorgeous as Top Gun was. But it's cool that it, these aren't the types of planes we get to see often. Yeah. So I thought it, it was, was really cool. I really also liked the it. pacing. Yeah, I yes. don't, but, like, the pacing is different from, like, your typical war story. Yeah. Kind of, like, I, it did for me, like, the same thing, as, as far as the pacing goes, um, that Dunkirk did for me like this is yeah. like oh really wow of course like a like a portion like a portion of I mean it was a shorter movie but like <laughs> the portion <laughs> of like a the world like is very familiar I didn't grow up knowing about Dunkirk yeah. but of course I didn't really grow up knowing about the Korean War it's like we don't spend yeah. enough time on these stories and then yeah. I knew even less uh, about this fighter pilot so um like the the pacing is not and I watch a lot of war stories. So like the pacing for me wasn't the normal like that yeah. we usually get. Um, and they're usually pretty long like movies. So right. I found that interesting. And that's what that's why that's the only comparison I'm making to Dunkirk. I'm not saying it. Yeah, yeah. Now I will say it, the one thing I liked about the pacing in Dunkirk is that was the one right where they had three different timelines yeah. going on at the same right. time. Yeah, so that was yeah. pretty interesting. I liked that. Like, yeah, Nolan's uh, obsession right. with playing with it, time. Oh my right, because yeah. another movie that I <laughs> I watched over the weekend, the other war movie that I guess I'd compare it to, that we'll definitely talk about because it was nominated for a million things, is uh, All Quiet on the Western Front. Mm -hmm. Oh yes, and it's another one. It's two and a half hours long. 
Of and, course, like all these movies are. Yes. And it, it, like, I would watch, I'd rather watch that, though. <laughs> that, it, it, I mean, it, it was good. I We'll yeah. get into it and talk about it. It was, ugh, man, it, it's not a cheery one. You aren't going to come away from that one feeling You're, good. They, they never, that's the trick that I play right. on my all the time is like i go into a war story and i don't know why but i'm like this is gonna be great this is gonna be like i don't know why i'm thinking happy go lucky it never is it's a war story right. like i don't understand right. what in my head is like oh yeah this is gonna be like i don't know inspiring uplifting no no it's not because it's it's, it's about war and war right. so yeah right yeah you yeah, don't you... generally get happy movies no yeah. Now, yeah, Jack, you mentioned devotion last week when we were doing our supporting yeah. categories, and uh, Mike did the right thing. He heard his po- fellow podcaster friend give him this information, and he went and watched it. I did not do that, and now I have to you know, work through the guilt of that, especially because <laughs> you're comparing it to Dunkirk because, like, the marketing, well, like you said, Mike, yeah. yeah, is is very like your dad's war movie. You know what I mean? Like, uh, like right. this is just exciting to hear it, but I think we talked about it last week, but I'm such a Jonathan Majors person. I like Glenn Powell. Yes. I, I got to watch this as soon as possible. So yeah, he, they were both they, great. They were, they were both so fantastic good. in it. And yeah, the, the marketing for that movie was, was awful. crap. They did nothing to like, no, that. yeah, no, it definitely uh, like did nothing for me. So that's why it was in yeah. the movie theaters for like a week. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. The right. same as like, not a war story, but like the, the harder they fall. It was in right. theaters for like a week and then it went to Netflix because I think it was originally a Netflix. The harder they fall was not devotion, but oh my yeah, god, yeah. I love that movie so much. The harder they fall, so good. Yes, but yeah, and and uh, devotion's on Paramount Plus now, so people got to check it out. Yep, yeah. yep, exactly, exactly. So I'm sure it'll come up again. Uh, lots of great performances in that one. So uh, tonight our category is best director, and I guess we probably don't need a an introduction to this category because uh, it's the director. This is the you know the guy that runs the guy well unfortunately the guy, guy yeah uh-huh. preview right. it's exactly. all guys yeah. uh yeah. that runs the show uh just as we like to look back on last year and remember who won offer any thoughts on last year uh last year was not a guy last year was a two year two year in a row streak of women uh female mm-hmm. Uh, directors winning last year it was Jane Campion Campion yeah for mm-hmm. Power of Campion. the Dog mm-hmm. what do you guys think about were you did you like that win was that kind of who you were rooting for if you recall way back to 2022 <laughs> <laughs> what'd you think Jackie oh I, I, I <laughs> <laughs> let it out let it out it was not so much of like, uh, I don't know. I feel like, what were the what were the other what were the other nominations? Please just jog my memory. So the other nominees were Kenneth Branagh for Belfast. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh yeah. man, and I am going to say this wrong. Ryusuke Hamaguchi for Drive My Car. Okay. Uh, Paul Thomas Anderson for Licorice Pizza, mm-hmm. and someone we're going to talk about tonight, Steven Spielberg for wow, West Side every Story. Year <laughs> every year we go no um <laughs> not to say so seriously Steven Spielberg, who didn't grow up like right of course yes yeah i'm it, there will be yeah. i'm sure much discussion tonight about right old so next and i and i think that's how i felt last year was like like i wasn't excited about <laughs> about best director even though we were getting like like women in the category i was like yes but right. also, 
Like I like I didn't really feel any type of way about like I, I liked the power of the dog, but again, I was just like, as far as direction, I yeah, I just kind of felt meh like uh, about it, you know. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Didn't really notice anything. So like for me, I don't know. I don't know who I would have chosen. I really, I really enjoyed Belfast. I think people crap on Kenneth Branagh way too much, like for his. They do. And especially, and I just want to address all the Marvel bros. Um, <laughs> Kurt is still the best out of all of the Thor movies. And but when it first came out, mm-hmm. we're all ready to crap on Kenneth Branagh when Mr. Shakespeare himself, that's Kenneth Branagh, like was saying, like this is how he built the movie was about was was supposed to like align with like Shakespearean themes and stuff like that. Like right. Kenneth is is an amazing person, but and, and an amazing like director, at least I think so. So and that could be a whole other podcast in itself. Yeah, um, we should that's what we'll do next is we'll do prior year Oscar chat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so ready. Well you know we'll but, keep yeah. this like you know this is our 2023 season so then we'll yeah. be able to you know we'll just continue this every year in the future and well, we got to do past years, back. though. We got we, we can't leave. Them <laughs> we got to go, go back. <laughs> we got to go back. No, yeah. this is it. This is it. We only have so many hours in our lives, Jason. This is your time to look back. <laughs> I'm such a big. Uh, I know we were talking about this year's Oscars, but I'm a huge yeah. Jane uh, Campion person, or, or oh, yeah. I think that's how I pronounce it. But um, like the movie she did, like The Piano, was a huge deal for me, and I, I think she was nominated that year too. Again, it was like 20 years ago, and she did this mm-hmm. movie with uh, Kate Winslet called Holy Smoke, and the movie that mm-hmm. um ended Meg Ryan's career in the cut is actually really good now. Um, well, it was good then, but like, I think yeah. people are coming around to that. Anyways, uh, yes. so I almost felt like it was, you know, I hate to say this, but like, almost like maybe you should have won it for the piano. Like it felt like a mm, career yeah. kind of thing. Cause I, yeah. I mean, I hope she continues to work, but like top of the lake, that TV show she did was oh, amazing. That is, so, that's long been mm-hmm. on my to watch list. Oh, you got to get to it. Like, yeah, she, she's just mm-hmm. so good. But again, I'm with you. I wasn't blown away by power of the dog. Um, in terms of direction so yeah i i feel that but uh, hearing the other people in the category maybe she did deserve it because i'm not like really blown away but i yeah. I, I will say belfast i'm actually kind of a, a kenneth brenna uh naysayer uh but i was really impressed with belfast like that that was that was surprisingly uh great for me yeah yeah i'm for me like one putting our our biases on the table, like coming from an Irish Catholic family, uh, you know, Ireland movies always speak to me. It'll definitely come up because with Banshees and then mm-hmm. even in the, uh, well, international film is, is, that's what they redubbed it this year, right? Uh, category, yeah. there's an Irish film in that too. So so I get suckered by those. Um uh, <laughs> I love all the Irish movies, especially things that touch on the trouble because growing up in 80 in the eighties, the troubles was such a big thing that I think all Irish family felt really connected to. And I really thought it was interesting. One that this movie was told from a Protestant side. So used from my own background, I'm like, I'm used to hearing the Catholic stories. And so it was kind of different, but I really loved like uh, how he, uh, it was just a good movie and I could go on and on and we don't need to talk. I think we all, I really enjoyed that movie. So I liked him. I think my pick was Hamaguchi because I really surprisingly, because it was 30 minutes or three hours and we didn't (laughs) even get opening credits until 45 into the 
minutes into the movie, I really loved Hamaguchi's uh, or Hamaguchi for Drive My Car. I loved that movie. Um, it's but again, like kind of how Banshees is this year for me. Like these movies that are really almost more like a play. I mean, that Drive mm-hmm. My Car is literally about a play, but those things where it's really about like these deep inner emotions with characters trying to come to terms with that. I really dig that stuff. And I thought it was really interesting how he, I, so I really enjoyed that movie. And again, that it was three hours. I was like, I will not sit through this thing. Um, but I really liked it. So that was kind of, and I just love seeing, uh, you know, not our big name American directors win stuff. Cause I want people, I want to encourage people to see international films. Yes. So that was, uh, you know, one, either of those was good. I mean, I usually am a big Paul Thomas Anderson fan. I licorice pizza was kind of a mess. Um, you know, other than that, I kind of wish that uh, that uh, Joel Cohen had been nominated for Tragedy of Macbeth because I thought <gasps> that was freaking awesome. Oh my god! And I loved the way that was filmed. I I'm an English major, so I'm a Shakespeare nerd, and I I'm also a huge Cohen Brothers fan. So this was like a wild trip and. Denzel was amazing. Uh, we're going to talk yes. about how he got robbed, in my opinion, even though, man, last year's best actor was a really. Maybe we do need to do another podcast because here's. Yeah, all right, we're going to go. We're going to go. I have right. so many I'm thoughts about tragedy. There. There, there was good stuff, but Jane, Jane did really good. There was, a, I think, a really challenging film, Power of the Dog. And yeah. like it was something that I had to think about for a while. Uh, was expertly told and to me, like, that falls bigly that's not a word oh the my director. god Mike, no <laughs> all right i'm stopping let's go let's go let's <laughs> let's fast forward back to our current year i'm done um unless anybody has final thoughts before i no, no, let's roll no. all right yeah. Boom. Good. we're hitting the pedal we're back to 2023 so this year the 95th academy awards we have five nominees and they are all men so uh i'm sure mm. we'll talk about that a bit but our nominees this year are first martin mcdonough for Banshees of Inisherin, this is his seventh nomination, and I didn't know this. He actually has one win prior to this for a live-action short, uh, Six Shooter, which I haven't seen, but it's kind of cool to see an actor or a director that did a short and now is doing features. And anyway, so yeah, seven nominations. Oh, also, uh, as you're going to see the theme here uh, in our la- in the supporting actor and actress roles nearly everybody except for i think like one in each category all those actors were actors and actresses were first time nominees uh this is not the case with directors we have a lot of experience here um uh, previously all right so next moving on so martin mcdonough with banshees uh we then have who i guess were previously known as the daniels but specifically daniel kwan and daniel shiner oh uh, hopefully i'm pronouncing that right for the fantastic everything everywhere all at once, uh, this is their this is their first nomination, um, and they're compared to some of the other people here newer on the scene, but they have uh, a movie that Jason yelled at me for not having seen, Swiss Army Man. So yes, that'll be on my watch list soon. Yes. I was excited to see they directed a Joy Wave video, our own Rochester's own Joy Wave. So very cool, and clearly they have other stuff I need to see. Um, then we have a guy who's getting his first nomination ever, Steven Spielberg. Oh, wait, sorry. I mean, <laughs> 20, 
Well, including you, you all the You had me in the first half, not going His 22nd um, nomination. Um, I think, Jason, I was telling you this before. I think, what is it, seven Best Picture nominations, like nine yes. Best Director nominations. It's, mm-hmm. I mean, for the, and we'll talk about this more, but it, Steven Spielberg really needs no introduction. And for most right. of us, I think, that grew up in the 80s and 90s, when we think Hollywood, we're probably thinking of a Spielberg film. So, right. again, no surprise that he's on this list. Uh, next coming up is Todd Field for Tar. This is his sixth nomination. And I just want, it's amazing to me, Todd Field has only made three feature films. All of them have had at least one Academy Award nomination. So, mm-hmm. pretty good streak there. I guess he's uh, he's batting a 1,000 right now. Yeah. And our final nominee is... Ruben Ostland for Triangle of Sadness. And this is his third nomination. Or he has three nominations, two for Triangle of Sadness. And he had one previously for The Square, which was a uh, best inter- international film. So uh, again, four guys. Well, five technically because the Daniels are two guys. Uh, so but, six. Yeah. Six. Can I count? One, two, three, four, five, <laughs> six. Yeah, great. All right. So I've blundered through that. <laughs> I'm enough. the mathematician on this show, so I just wanted to check you. <laughs> All right. So, friends, let's talk about these nominees, these movies, these directors. What do you think? Jackie, you go. You got you got something to say, I can tell. Uh, when do I not have something to say, Jake? Uh, <laughs> when, when do I not? Um... Okay, in this category, okay, I really, I really loved, okay, everything, everywhere, all at once, all right, that I think is the clear choice here, because for as insane as that movie is, you can really, if there's a strong, this is a strong sense of direction, they knew exactly what they wanted to do, everything that was like, in the beginning, you know, like, comes comes to a close at the end like because some some of these movies you're like what were you thinking where were you going with this Stick mm-hmm. a bunch of, like scenes together and like think and call it like oscar you know um worthy or whatever um no but like there's there's so many different moving literally pieces to this and i was just like no that is this this is a brilliant film the daniels definitely deserve um the, the accolades for this so that is my my clear decision the one that doesn't um belong on here um is <laughs> <laughs> triangle of sadness i want my two and a half hours back i want them back. um i get that it's satire i understand the messaging however mm-hmm. the execution awful um and i could go into a 45 minute uh ted talk about this but i won't because you guys would like to eventually go to sleep and stop hearing, stop hearing I would I would like uh, some type of a bridge version of that though. I'm very interested in what you're yeah. saying. Yeah. Um that was my bridge version. And, <laughs> um I'm like, seriously, okay, so as as the filmmaker in in in, in the Zoom room here, okay. Uh-huh. Um there is a better way to execute um so the the, the themes of this um there's so many different things to this, but it's essentially talking about classism and it's talking about, um, you know, the idea that, you know, you're working on the, like the, you're standing on the backs of 
of those who are you deem or our society deems is lower than you, right? So, so I get that. Um, but at the same time, the way that it's executed, like it's just, it's drawn out. There are things in there that don't make sense just as far as like um, any sort of like character development, any sort of, um, like I'm, like, I'm not sure what I'm supposed to do with each of these characters. It's not until like the last third of the movie that you're like, I think that could have just been the entire movie. Like right there. I yeah. needed all these other sequences. I, I'm like, what is, what is the, I, I, like, I found myself saying like every, maybe like 15 to 20 minutes, like, what is the point of this? This also didn't need to be two and a half hours long. So like understanding all of that, right? Like understanding all of that as a director, even when you're doing satire, sat, wow, satire, satire, <laughs> I am right now. Um, I think a movie that did this far better than, um, or like did this sort of theme, Far better than this was actually the menu. Um, but if I mm-hmm. had- yeah, very yeah. similar movies. Yeah. Uh, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Mike. I was so I was discussing this with Jason and another friend of friend of ours when we were talking about the menu. That mm-hmm. I said that to me, uh, the triangle of sadness sits in like what it's going for between glass onion and the menu, and that like they're both kind of lamp all of them are kind of lampooning similar things. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. So yeah, I, I see the connection there. And it's tough. Take, uh, take that one out, put in Jordan Peele or Gina Prince-Bythewood, The Woman King or Nope. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. That'd be a lot more interesting. Far better, far yep. better direction. You can yeah, if, it feels like every... Yeah, every year they they have at least lately um, they want like one kind of token foreign director. Uh, you know, think of like you know Guillermo del Toro or um, yeah. his his cohorts like um, Alfonso Cuarón or um, yeah. is it Alexander. He's nominated his f- films nominated for uh, best oh. uh, cinematographer. Thank you so much. I'm probably yeah, so, thank you. So I, I feel like it almost adds oh, some I weird. Wait to discuss that movie. Have you yeah, seen that one yet, some... Bardo? Uh, getting there. Netflix is, is helping you through it. Yeah, it will be interesting it, to discuss. Is it pretentious as hell? Because that's what it's giving. And but I, I feel like it almost adds street credit to this category. Like it's the Oscars saying, "Hey, yeah, yeah we've, we were doing foreign films. Now we're nominating the director of that." Like somehow it adds some like you know, speaking about film about classicism, that's sort of their kind of like hoity-toity uh, yes. thing going on there. So that's mm-hmm. sort of why I feel like they selected this movie. I actually didn't dislike it as much as you did Jackie but I like this director Ruben Ostlund uh, but I also feel like uh, lately what I feel like there's a lot of movies lately like dunking on the rich but I feel like nothing comes of it and also when it's coming from like a privileged you know this again I'm a white man talking but privileged white man telling us that rich people are awful it, it's kind of like okay but oh, we've been oh, saying right. this for years <laughs> yeah yeah I, I'm for, sort of apparently just getting on board now it took me a while um but so he did this movie um a few years back and also out of his last three movies two of them have won the Cannes film festival the the palm the mm. coveted palm d'or like the snootiest award you can win in film um which was <laughs> the square and and this movie triangle of sadness as well um but his um kind of the first movie that got him on the scene is this movie called uh i'm probably killing this pronunciation but force majeure and that was kind of like a cool idea like it's this family going on a ski trip 
and um, there's an avalanche and they're all kind of like eating lunch as this avalanche is happening at this like hoity-toity um, resort. And the husband runs away from his family, uh, like to kind of protect himself. He's not worrying about his wife or his kids. And so everyone survives in the out. Uh, similar to this is almost like a black comedy, it, it uh, like an Icelandic Nordic black comedy of terms of his family just being really disappointed at him. So I, I think he has an interesting perspective um but i don't think it was about classicism before which it is with this movie and it, it it does feel a little you know um he was married to a um i guess they have been divorced since then he was married to a, a fashion um photographer and i guess that he was really exposed to the fashion industry through this relationship and this is sort of his movie triangle of sadness dealing with that and he was uh saying that like just because he wanted to kind of examine uh like models literally that's kind of our main characters even though it eventually becomes an ensemble um in, in sort of the classicism revolving around that so I, I, there's some pieces that are great but like you both said it's it's you know they, they could have consolidated <laughs> so yeah, yeah I'm, I'm I, with you like this could go <laughs> yeah i thought if i enjoyed it uh i like the kind of absurd black comedy i think i've compared it previously to like Christopher Guest movies, which I absolutely love. This wasn't quite there, but I like things that uh, poke at that. It, oh, what about like the, so, Woody, the Oh, sorry, Micah, go ahead. I would just, with, which I think we've all reiterated here with so many movies that are nominated this year, this could have been 90 minutes. It did not need to be two and a half hours. And I think that if it was condensed to 90 minutes, the satire would have hit better because we might have selected that. Like, I don't know that I need, even though it's where we got this hilarious triangle of sadness piece from, like that entire sequence at the beginning, I what did that have to do with any of the movie? And like... <laughs> but <laughs> but also the freaking, the, the vomiting. What are we <laughs> grossed out yeah, yeah. like stuff now? Because like that's what I was getting. I was like, Getting White Lotus vibes because of this. Oh my God. I was going to call this like... White Lotus season three. I'm so glad. Yeah! Yes, it is. Thank you, Jason. Yeah, that's another show I need to watch. <laughs> oh, I haven't seen it. Do you know? But like. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Do I? Like, yes, you know, I would definitely want to hear your opinions about that because I was just. Mm-hmm. There were some scenes in there. I was like, why? Um, And so that's why I was saying with this one, I was like, why do I. Why? And it went on. That scene went on way too long. Right, like it was just yes. growing up, and I was just like, I, like I was almost like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do the podcast because. No. Oh my god! <laughs> if you if you like vetoed this podcast, that would have been so cool. Be like, I'm like, not attending saying- this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, but so I feel like, you know, like the first 20 minutes of the menu when we're meeting the horrible people, uh, this feels like that for two and a half hours. Because the, the menu yes. before things get awesome and, yeah. and, and come up and happen, I, I was like, I'm feeling real cringy about this. It, But then like it becomes a movie. This feels like that for two and a half hours. And also yes. the scene with Woody Harrelson, um, which it was funny having him here. Um, yes. it, you know, he's Always. he's like clearly like ranting about, you know, the problems of the world. And I, I kind of got whiffs of like the Leonardo DiCaprio screaming at the camera scene and don't look up where it's just like, oh, you know, it, it's it's a little yes. like, like yeah. we all know this, like how you, you're not like cool by pointing this out. Like right. this, this whole thing is is messed up. Like <laughs> what what about it? You know what I mean? Like say something about that. Don't just say the right. obvious. So yeah. okay, I I I feel uh, cleansed by this conversation. Thank you. 
<laughs> Glad to be able to. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Okay, so I think we really talked that out of my what, system. Anyway. Yes. Rich, what should we talk about next? We get we got Triangle of Sadness out of the way and and uh that director. We want to talk about uh Tar? Yes. Yeah, let's talk about yes, Tar. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So since I <laughs> since I changed the subject, I will I will start. Um no, okay. So this one actually uh threw me for a loop because because so I'm like sitting there watching, and of course, like I so I'm a huge classical nerd. Okay. So I'm 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 in my element. I listen to scores. I'm you know, she's you know, she is this composer who who wants to like step above like the whole like being a female composer and you know, one of the, the few that's you know succeeded and everything like that. It's like just her like just trying to go after this thing. So that I really appreciated that scene in the classroom with the student though, like I was like, I like I was just rolling my eyes at this because I was just like, I mean, he's not wrong, but also like, I, I don't know. I don't know what goes on in like musical classrooms, especially when you're talking about like paying homage to composers who of course were problematic. Um, right. Yeah, there was that whole thing, but I just, you're going through this and you're like, the entire time I'm like wondering did she actually like do this thing that they're accusing her of like it was kind of that same thing it's like I mean not, not for nothing but you know we have all of these stories coming out you know of course like within the light of like the, the Me Too movement and everything we have all these things coming out about these famous men and then here's this woman who's being dragged right like through social media mm -hmm like that in the court of public opinion and all that um and like she's this well-respected composer she's she's worked you know her butt off to get where she is and then she gets accused and then you're like okay ma'am now listen we love we we love a a composer queen right i love it however did you really do this thing so like it's it's like it's looking at that and it's very different and i actually liked that about the film um that ending, which I won't spoil it here. Oh my God, that ending. Oh yeah. I'm like laughing hysterically. Like, I was like, yo, <laughs> like when you realize where she is, you're like, oh my God, this movie. Yeah. yeah. So my, yeah. So I was watching that movie one day, like, uh, I forgot, it was in the afternoon and Sarah had come home from school and she like walked into that part and was like, what is happening right now? And I'm like, ah, it's too much to tell you. <laughs> I So this one, man, I, again, Todd Field is, I mentioned before, he's three for three on movies with Oscar nominations. Like mm -hmm. he, the man is clearly very talented and knows what he's doing. What's amazing mm -hmm. to me about this movie and, you know, where I tip my hat to him is that I went into this movie and, and I know this is like a common thing that people say, but it was definitely true for me that like, well, I thought this was a biopic of an, of a real person. Because oh, uh, it felt like going in, it felt like a biopic. Yeah. And mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, this is interesting. I, you know, I don't really know a ton about classical mu music, especially when she's like meeting with like actual composers and yeah. stuff. And, you know, yeah. has the interview with, what is it, NPR at the beginning? Yeah. Like, I, I mean, it all, it's like, this yeah. is, this is real. Yeah. And then I did not expect it to actually be closer to like Black Swan, 
like mm-hmm. there's mm-hmm. which is a movie that i love yeah so i was wow that really threw me that like it morphed into this and i just thought that was man that is a fantastic job the field can pull you into this and just feel like you are watching this real story i yeah. my only complaints about it and it has nothing to do with the movie itself so i try to not hold it against him is that like i hate the people that are like look this is taking on cancel culture and uh, i hate that kind of discussion so you know there's part of it where i think i could get a little jaded thinking like was field like putting into this so like look cancel culture is stupid and i'm like no that's the um, idiot view around it so i try to separate those yeah. two because yeah. i don't uh-huh. think that's what the movie is about and i don't even think that's what he was going for here but i hate it that the discussion happens because then i it's hard to view i and i want to watch it again it was as i said i was not prepared for what this movie was and yeah. it was man it, it really floored me and you're right by the end you're like holy cow this is not where i saw this movie going so man that was that was fantastic yeah i'm, I'm kind of struck by it and um I, it's weird because i i think when we think or at least when i think of director i i, I mean it's different to me than than writer director and this yeah. year we have multiple writer yeah. directors being nominated for directors so this is todd field's story i guess his previous two films in the bedroom and little children were both films he adapted from from literature, from books. Mm-hmm. Um, this is his own first kind of like original, you know, screenplay coming from his head. Um, so it, it's interesting, again, like, you know, he came up with this story. And again, like you were saying, Mike, like it, it's it's a bummer to fact, you know, filter it through cancel culture or at least that conversation. Right. I don't, I just don't, I got to read more about what his agenda was though. Like, I kind of want to know, I just, I'm just kind of hung up on that stuff, even though I shouldn't yeah. be. And the filmmaking, again, like we're talking about directing, like is is astonishing. Kind of the balls of that opening, where it's like, I don't know, like, like, and like you said, this might have what been uh, confused me as well, Mike. That that like just Q and A that you're watching in front of an audience feels so authentic, and and Kate mm-hmm. is just killing it. I, I just love the ball. It's it's what, 20 minutes, maybe more, maybe not. Like it felt a, like a long time, but also at the same time, I'm like, okay, I am so on board with whatever this guy's going to do next. From from a director's kind of like ballsy standpoint, I, mm-hmm. I just love that that kind of, you know, initial uh, thing. It's just, I, I guess I have issues more with the plotting, uh, potentially. Again, I don't, I just felt weird that like we're getting a female director and obviously we're going to, uh, you know, why, why are we going to put, obviously not the word I want to use we're going to put her through the ringer of being canceled. Like, I don't know. It felt, felt like a weird choice to me, but that's Mm. my own weirdness. So I'm going to put that aside. The qualities there. I I love kind of like the, he, he's very much a classicist. And I, I think we're going to get back to everywhere, everything, everywhere all at once with, with the two Daniels, um, and uh, they describe themselves as maximalist, which I adore. Um, but Todd feels very, feels much like a minimalist in terms Mm -hmm. of his, and and I, I kind of have appreciation for that as well. So um, I very much in awe of this movie. I definitely need to see it again. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I, there's there's definite quality here. Good work. Sure. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> He's going to listen, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, fun aside, he played the piano player in eyes wide shut like he he's been a kind of um, he's been in in movies um really he's the one that gives tom cruise the fidelio uh, secret word to get into tom cruise wow. world in eyes wide shut oh also fun aside for another fun fact for him that i thought was really weird and random but he and i forget who the other guy was 
created the very first batch of big league chew. What? So he is the like co-inventor of big league chew, but it was like somebody else that sold it to Wrigley and made a ton of money in that. But yeah, that is a fun fact, sir. You've just it might be the ultimate fun. Yes. So yeah, he also you know started life making big league chew. Uh, Yeah, random. So yeah, he was good. Um, How about the our (laughs) veteran statesman in here? Mr. Spielberg and the Fablemans. I, I, I really enjoyed this movie. I'll say the interesting notes I read, and it's man, it has to be difficult um, to make a movie about yourself, and especially when you're someone like Spielberg. And this, I believe, this is like one of the first. It's the first movie, I believe, right, Jay, that he was ever, that he's been nominated for a writing credit as well. And maybe one of the only ones that he's written um, out of the movies that he's directed. Um, So clearly it's a very personal story. And I thought it was interesting hearing the, some of the stories from the the actors on set who said that like, oh, he'd frequently like break down in tears because he's like reliving his life. So it almost, I mean, you know, Spielberg is Spielberg, but it's tough. Like, how do you judge someone giving us the story of their own life that is supposedly semi-autobiographical? But then it sounded like from listening to like Seth Rogen and other people, like Spielberg basically said everything that happened in this movie actually happened to him. So... Well, that's what I mean. It seems very, uh, that's what I mean. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's not what I, I haven't said anything yet, but it feels like a, I looked at the budget. It's $40 million. So this is a $40 million therapy session for, for this man. <laughs> and, um, you know, you feel it, it but I, there's something fascinating about that. I don't know if he needs to, you know, win best director, or even be nominated, but from, from that standpoint of, uh, you know, lack of better term privilege, like that's, it's pretty fascinating. Like, I don't know if anyone's ever been able to you know, work through their issues with for forty million dollars, unless you like see a therapist for like just decades. go to therapy. Just go right, to right. Therapy. You'll get there eventually, right? <laughs> I guess in terms of a Spielberg movie, forty million dollars is like uh... on the low end, yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. Like, this is this is like indie for budget for Steve. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> right. What do you think, Jackie? I mean, it's like it. <laughs> Is clear direction. I mean, the, the man is directing his own story, as 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 we've all pointed out, and it just it almost just seems unfair. Like if he won for this, I'm like, well, that I don't feel like that's fair. Like that's first of all, he's a Hollywood veteran, so that's number one, right? Number two is like again, it's your own story. So not to say that it wasn't a fascinating story, because it definitely was. Um, I did enjoy the Fablemans, but like. <laughs> like it just it, it doesn't seem right like i don't know and i have nothing against i have nothing against people sharing their own stories and we've seen that throughout all of you know hollywood and everything like that i just again it just doesn't seem yeah it's weird like you know i could almost think because of his you know massive success like i mean yeah. he is like almost like the grandfather of modern cinema at this point yeah. like, it would have been interesting if if not that he would do this maybe he shouldn't do this but like it, it could have been interesting if he was like hey you know you know like i don't you know if he got nominated he did get nominated but said like you know 
I've done, I've got my awards. I'm good. You know, let somebody else do it. But, but yeah. like, you know, not that he'd have to turn it down, but he at least say something like, you know, let, let's think about, you know, all the, you know, potentially female, I know females have won the past two years in terms of the best director award, but it, this feels like one step forward, two steps back this year. For I me. mean, I mean, out of how many years that the Oscars have been going on. Right. Right. Exactly. I think they've had three ever win uh, females ever win this award. So at least give him a nominations like that would have been interesting for him to say. But at the same time, like to criticize the machine, he is the machine. So it's like, uh, you know, I, I he might be too far, far gone to, to help in, yeah. in terms of this. Like, I'm not trying to I, I mean, one of the reasons I love movies is this guy. So I'm, I'm not trying to say like, you know, I, to belittle him. But at the same time, it's it's like you know, is, he, he got he his reward was his, you know, psychological growth and closure. I think the big change from this movie is um, he didn't know at the time that his father was like doing this, uh, letting his mother go for altruistic reasons. I guess he was saying mm -hmm. that, like, he held a grudge for his father, even the, the documentary uh, Spielberg. He goes into in, in detail about this. And that's one of the reasons why I love Close Encounters of the Third Kind so much. Not that we have to deal with that movie right now, but uh, the ending is pretty hardcore anti-fatherhood. And but that's why I love it, because it's so baffling that this this man that's created our our kind of cinematic fiction uh, universe for us is, is so anti-dad and he's been working through that for what 50 years now or something so um, right. yeah I, I even think and, i lost my point but yes no i'm just saying that like uh, yeah i don't i think <laughs> there's but there's better places to spend our money this oscar season he, he got his growth through his own personal psychological feelings. yeah let's let's and, let's award others and I will probably, thank you, Jason. I will, I will probably reiterate this for, you know, all the podcasts we do or all the episodes we do in this podcast. Um, but the Oscars, um, while people will arc, sit up there and sit up here and argue, like, do you really need like another award ceremony and stuff like that? Part of why I buy so much for the Oscars is because these lesser known directors cinematographers, makeup artists, hairstylists, all these people that are a part of the crew and the directors. Like if you are not that well known, but you get nominated, even the shorts, you get nominated for an Oscar. Mm -hmm. Most likely those movies, if they're not if they're not in theaters, are coming back to the theaters and then it's giving yep. a chance for your movie to now make more money. Um yep. it wasn't already making money before. And then now people know who you are and they're going to follow your work um right. and you follow it. so it's like it's 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 an up for like those people who have more like less of a less of a footprint i guess right. like in the film industry and everything so the fact that like all these veterans are like constantly getting nomination only just speaks to again the the systemic a little bit yeah. like a little bit to the systemic you know issue that we have you know, in yep. Hollywood. Okay, this is why I go on my maybe hire someone else other than Timothy Chalamet rant. Um, <laughs> I like that rant. I another time. But like every now and then, I'm like on Twitter, I'm like, there are other actors, guys. But um, <laughs> speaking of, did oh, I do either of you know that the Apple commercial that he did that was funny, <laughs> Shalla Baby, he he got paid some ridiculous amount for that of course he did oh i'm sure he did yeah apple of course they're gonna pay you like it's the like he's 
I enjoyed his performance in The King. Um, I, yeah, that's all I'm going to say for right now. Um, <laughs> like, there, there are other actors. There are actors out here struggling. Um, just like there's yeah. other, there's directors, again, cinematographers, editors, writers, all of these people who work on the crew um, yep. who are not getting the recognition that they need and they are putting their heart, soul, sweat, tears into this work. Give them a yes. Spielberg I'm excited for our, our snub conversation towards the end of, of this so we can highlight some of those people. Yes. I mean, I'm with you both. I I I also really enjoyed the Fableman, but it's definitely very self-indulgent. And what other director is getting to do this? Like no no one to do this film. No one. Yeah. You know? And there's part of me that almost feels like, oh, we're used to Spielberg with the giant blockbusters. So hey, look, I can do a deeply personal movie too okay well it, again it was good i liked it a lot and we'll talk we're not going to have a shortage of opportunities to talk about that movie I, and, and i'm like, totally with you jackie like i want to see show me somebody new like who else is out there um and again all these directors well arguably would be i guess i need to see more of ruben oslin's other movies but we've yeah, had that should. discussion yeah um, no but Micah, before we jump, I just want to, in closing, uh, you did say that The Fablemans is is a nice reprieve from a lot of these other heavy, uh, you know, duty pictures that we're dealing with this year in the Oscars, which we usually do. So I will say that that is kind of like a nice yes. like break from, from from a lot of these other nominees. That yes, that that is nice. Um, I, I mean, it's good. It's Spielberg. How do you. Right. I just assume at this point when he signs uh, to do a movie that they've already like penciled in the Academy Award nomination. So. It seems like it, right? <laughs> if he makes a movie, he's going to get the nom. Uh, let's, uh, I feel like I want to jump back to Martin McDonough before we oh, sure, talk about yeah. the Daniels, because that's, yeah. that is the movie. Um, uh, like Martin McDonough, again, as I mentioned, he, uh, which again, I think is really interesting that he won an Oscar for live action short uh, way mm -hmm. back before all hit, which, I don't I've never seen that short six shooter. Now I want to find it. Um, yeah. But also did the wonderful in Bruges, which yes. was another Jason yells at me movie. because I had never seen it. Uh, so good. And I finally so saw it and I love it. And it's absolutely charming and wonderful and gut wrenching. Right. Um, right. And also Dark. three billboards, which I really enjoyed. And it's funny because I think, well, uh, one in that it's not a Colin and, um brendan gleason buddy film but, mm -hmm. but also the setting is very it's hard to remember like oh that's him too uh yeah. which i really like that because that movie features one of my like top three maybe character actors sam rockwell uh, He's a, it is a buddy movie between him and uh sam rockwell it, and well the, my only though, com so. my only complaint with the movie is that spoiler alert if you haven't seen three billboards uh which I don't know. It's been out how many years, whatever, but spoiler right. alert, the movie right. ends with a murder road trip. That just felt <laughs> weird that I'm like, Oh, this is how we're ending this. Okay. Um, yeah. But up to that, I really enjoyed it again. Sam Rockwell is someone that if, if I see he's in a movie, I will just go see the movie because. And he did know, win the Oscar for that one. Right. Yeah. And I mean, he started his career with, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movie. So I don't know how oh you could God. start any better than that. Oh my gosh. Um, yes. But I, I like Martin McDonough. Uh, his movies are always fantastic. As I mentioned before, 
I really enjoy movies that feel like plays because I just love the the way that stories are told in a theater style. So I, I really enjoy that. I thought this was done really well. Um, you know, we'll talk, we've already talked about some of the actors. We'll talk about more in the next one. I, I just love how it was put together. Even details like uh, I was reading that like he purposefully set um, Brendan Gleeson's character's home in like a craggy, rocky part of the of the island but then Colin Farrell's on the like smooth farmland and how yeah. like even just the way that they like interact with that was showing their difference in personality and like it just was a master class in how you compose and get a point get across who these characters are and what the conflict is and like even throwing in the like the allegory or all the stuff with like the Irish Civil War whether it's mm-hmm. like this is an allegory for that, or that is an allegory for this. Like all that just, it fits together so well. I friggin' love that. I thought it was, uh, man, it it was good. It felt like Irish Shakespearean drama that ends up being pretty friggin' dark. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think, um, so even though you said, obviously, uh, he comes from a, a, you know, background of, of stage, you know, he's, you know, writing for the stage, he's, you know, moved into to movies. Um, this didn't, obviously, it, it feels like in theory, like, okay, so this could be a play, but it, it feels very cinematic. I don't want to like yes. downplay that. Yeah, yeah. Like it, it, there, yeah. there's, I, I hate sometimes with movies where it's like, oh, I, I feel like they just filmed this play. Um, right. I, Cause I'm like, well, I would just should go watch the play then. Like this definitely feels cinematic. And I think he needs to, and again, reason why he should be nominated. I, I'm fine with this nomination and, and happy for it because he, he does elevate it from the stage to, and it wasn't based on one of his stage plays. It was his own, like, oh, I'm going to make this a movie. So just mentioning that. And then um, the other thing I wanted to mention was what I really like about it is it, it kind of feels like an old, you know, Irish folk tale or, or kind of fable. Like I, I really like yes. that about it. Like there's, there's a certain, I don't know whether, whether we're talking about rhythm or setting the, that secluded setting that works so well for the film. Like it, it just really feels like, and again, it's subtle. I would say it's more minimalist than maximalist, um, which is my term of the day. Um, <laughs> but I, I just, it was, it was like so well done and so well staged. And and again, he is another one where he's writing and directing, which I, I think needs to be mentioned because I kind of sort of miss, um, and I know Spielberg did uh, write, or co-write the Fable Mass with Tony Kushner, but um, Fable Mans, that sounds wrong. Um, <laughs> I, I kind of miss like a director only, like I almost want a cr- uh, category of the Oscars for writer director. But anyway, so I'm, mm-hmm. again, I'm yeah. on this weird side tangent. I'm going to stop now. Uh, Jackie, go ahead. I, I just wanted to say those are the few things I wanted to mention about this movie. I think, honestly, I think, I think y'all said all um, that <laughs> needed to be said. Um, <laughs> from my friend, well, one of my closest friends, um, her father is um, an immigrant from Ireland. And so he was like, he was the same one who like when, we were talking about Belfast earlier. He's the one I thought of because she she sat down and watched this movie with him and he was just in tears because he was like, no, this is exactly how it was. Um, That's awesome. Like when I was like watching this film and I'm talking about like, she, she talks about like how, how like when you're there in Ireland, you want to, you want to leave Ireland because there's nothing there, but it's so beautiful. So like when you leave, you miss it terribly. You like this, this whole thing. And like how this, how, again, the sister is like trying to get out because there's literally nothing 
for her there. And so, and I'm like, yeah, like you live in this very small community and you know everyone and it, and the only person, right, that you feel connected to, you know, other than family, right, is, is not just all of a sudden not talking to you anymore. So it just like speaks to that loneliness. And I think like, like centering the story on that and like in the midst of this like vast and beautiful land, I think was just, I think, I think for lack of a better term, I think it's poetic. And, and I really enjoyed that. Plus like the twist with the fingers. I did not see that. (laughs) Yeah. That that elevated the genre, which I'm always a huge fan of. Yeah. So I was like, wait, what? And so, (laughs) So like, that was, yeah, that was, that was insane. But the thing is, is like the movies, the movies that I really enjoy are the ones that, are like imprinted like in in your mind like you're thinking about it for hours days weeks afterwards yes. what was mm-hmm. the motivation behind like this character doing this um and so like banshees was one of them and so i think again like martin mcdonough did a fantastic job um, with the direction so we'll we'll see how it how it measures against i think I, again i do think everything in the world is going to get it but yeah i would not i would not mind if that that got it but i'm really rooting for everything in the world. of course i think we we talked about this a little last week but i it's going to be one of those years where like whatever movie starts winning it's just going to win everything it, mm. i think so so like depending yeah. on if like you know maybe brendan gleason takes supporting or colin farrell takes um you know, best actor, like then I feel like Banshees would have the steam to to mm. beat everything ever all at once. So we'll we'll see. I like you though, I wouldn't be mad. And I also wanted to quickly mention because we're talking about directing tonight. Um yeah. acting like like directing actors is a thing and I, I think he has a real mm-hmm. gift because like anytime like Colin Farrell's in one of his movies, which is often we didn't even talk about a uh, Seven Psychopaths, which he directed right oh, after Oh yeah, movie. that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, which is a fun one, but he always gets a really interesting performance out of Colin Farrell. But I guess we'll talk about that when we get to actors. Um, But I I just wanted to call that like like his his actors either get nominated or or at least give a memorable performance. So um, that is another plus for him. Maybe it's his work on the stage where, uh, you know, he probably got to spend a lot of time in rehearsals working with actors to kind of really make an impression when they get on screen. Yeah, I just the one thing I will add uh, to connect to or feed off of uh, Jackie talking about some of the like (laughs) cultural connectivity with this movie. I joked with people, but I think it's absolutely true that uh, why this felt like the like quintessential Irish movie is because if there's one thing that us Irish are fantastic at, I know it's not drinking. Thank you. St. Patrick's day for celebrating our worst (laughs) stereotypes. Now the thing that uh, we are spectacular at is being stubborn as hell and this movie i like this is the most irish thing ever (laughs) that you would be stubborn to this level and i won't get into it too much because again we'll talk about this movie a lot and uh but i just thought this is this is so irish that like yes this is exactly the the kind of you know and i see just in myself and my children the like ridiculous stubborn levels and you could argue that a large part of Irish history at its root is due to us being super, super stubborn um, <laughs> to give some levity to a really heavy movie. Um, but yeah, we can't not talk about, and I don't know how it doesn't win, the Daniels and everything, everywhere, all at once. I, for me, I'll just say, this is definitely my pick too, because this is such a, 
I can't think of a movie that I've ever seen that's like this. That one, I think Justin, and I don't know like if this is what I'm going to say here is more director or like editing. Uh, feel free to mm-hmm. correct my non-understanding of the, or, you know, nuances of the differences in those roles, but how you put together this film with so many different universes and worlds and craft uh, a consistent narrative through them, even through all these different lenses that the universe gives you and just build like you are developing mm-hmm. characters that for many of them are totally different characters in each world, mm-hmm. but yet you're still developing a character. It just how you put that together, the vision in crafting this, creating this, like, you know, we'll talk about this too with the writing, like, how did you write this? But then uh, how do you take that story and understand I am going to now put this concept into a film that you can follow and you will connect with, but you do. It's so freaking good. And like, I just don't know how, like this to me, I don't know how it doesn't win everything. So, I mean, yeah. Yeah. And I don't know the Daniels. I didn't know them before this. I am very interested to see anything else they've done because this is freaking phenomenal. And Swiss, uh, Swiss Army, Army Man and a ton of music videos. Yes. Go ahead. Swiss Army Man was a trip. Um, yes. Okay. So you hit the nail right on the head, Mike. Um like okay. Uh, again, another one of my like soapbox moments. Um, we just when talking about films and everything, because you know, obviously I wouldn't be here if I didn't love movies. Um <laughs> it wasn't my life. Um, everyone who works on a, on a, on a, on a film is a filmmaker in their own right. So yes, we were talking about the vision and like to see, you know, from first scene to the ending scene, that's the director, but then it's also the director sitting with the editor and the editor is also making suggestions as to like, okay, what fits where you guys will have to like, um, the, the, the composer, right. Is like helping us like, like on top of the actors, like helping us feel certain emotions, certain things, um, you know, empathy, you know, for characters and everything like that. Um, uh, understanding, you know, especially when you're talking about the relationship between uh, mother and daughter, like that is powerful. And then to also put on top of all of that, like all of these different multiverses, number one, didn't it wasn't there like one, correct me if I'm wrong, this is like one editor, right? It was like, I believe so. It's a good question. Yes. One editor on this entire thing, which is just give that person. Yes, one editor. Paul Rogers. Like, give them a raise, give them all of the awards because holy crap. But, like, yes, it, so some of that, Mike, that definitely overlaps. When you're talking about a True. vision for something, you are most likely largely talking about the director, but it's also the editor. It's True. also the editor. And they're having, between the editor and the director, they're having so many different conversations right and like really good directors know what it's going to not only do they know what it's going to be from beginning to end unless of course you're martin mcdonough and you're just writing <laughs> like i think as you go because holy right. crap like i was watching an interview with him um with um the roundtable interview on hollywood reporter definitely go find it um Ooh, okay and he's talking about just like writing as he goes. And the rest of the directors were like, 
wait, hold on. <laughs> like what? How? How? <laughs> um, but but when you're when you're when you good directors, like I said, like know what direction they want to take. If you haven't already, if you don't already know, like from beginning to end what the story is, you definitely know where you want to go with it. But then good directors also bring in an editor early on. They also bring in the cinematographer early on because then they want to establish, okay, this is the vision. And if it's something that the editor or the cinematographer sees where there might be something that doesn't quite click, that's why they're there as well. So like mm. a director, especially, you know, given the people that we're talking about tonight, like know how to not only to, to have a vision, right? To, to, to have a vision number one, but then also how to bring people in and collaborate, right? Because again, everyone who's involved in, in their own right on a film is a filmmaker. Right, so, right. Yeah, so that's what you're talking about, yeah. Ooh, excellent. That's yeah, this is really quickly, helpful, Jackie. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I would just quickly say, for me, I, I'm right with you too. I, this is the clear winner. Like, uh, let's let's be honest. These two these two gentlemen. Like, oh my god. For me, like, in terms of cinema, like, I, it should be like a baton pass. Like, let's go to the the next level. You know, uh, in terms of, let's just. This is going to be like I'm I'm sharing too much right now. But I did watch this movie uh, for a second time with my mom, and she was really struggling with it. And and I think mm-hmm. that's important. Like I feel like this is not a movie for people that are sixty or seventy. And but I like that. And, and maybe that is not like maybe I'm being ageist right now, and and that's rude of me. But I, I just almost feel like because it is dealing with with multiverse and. Um, I think that's kind of a hot thing right now. I, I was reading an interview with, with the Daniels and they were saying that when into the, cause they were thinking about this movie for years. Um, they were saying when into the Spider-Verse came out, they were super bummed cause they're like, someone beat us to it, but they, they sort of, um, another thing they did was stop watching Rick and Morty. Cause that show deals a lot with this as well. But anyway, that's an aside again. Like, so like, I just feel like there's just certain concepts that are hot right now that are, that are more of a, and I'm not young, so I can't say like a young people's game, but it just feels like this is like, not that it's the next level, but it feels like a, a logical next step for directing in terms of what they're doing here. I mean, it is just so busy, but it's so like in terms of the emotional through line, it's so clear. Like as yeah, much as yeah. it is chaotic and there's rocks and there's raccoonie and which is no, like my favorite Pixar yeah. tribute ever. Yep. Um, it, that that emotional through line, they, they they never they never lose track of the characters. That it's so yep. clear, it's so emotional that that when it hits at the end, like I don't think I've been that worked up in, in a movie this year in mm. terms of the, the mother daughter mm-hmm. relationship, yes. um, the the father relationship with the family, like like this, you know, like this hit me the way the Fablemans hit Steven Spielberg. Like I was just so moved <laughs> and so happy with it. So th- th- this is, you know, th- there's not a second place in terms of like this. These two men are doing something really special and way different than anybody else. And again, writer directors versus just a director. Right, right, right. This okay. I was like, they got nominated for best original, right? Yes, mm-hmm. correct. Unless I had wondered, I wanted to make sure it didn't fall into uh, one of the weird loopholes that adapted. Oh, mm-hmm. tends to pull movies into we'll get into that when we get to the writing section yeah uh yeah i mean so yeah i i think we're all on the same page here is there mm-hmm. any way like is there any other direction they could possibly go here i mean I, like a banshee sweep is the only thing i could see happening yeah i which is not a right what a question like that's not the craziest thing that would have ever happened 
Yeah. Sure. Like, or they could get know, Warren. Like, I don't know, like the Green Book winning best. But again, I won't go there. <laughs> or Warren, right, Warren Beatty right. uh, announcing the the wrong movie. Like they could get him up there and <laughs> and, and, and not give it to Moonlight. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't. I I could see if they decided uh, Banshees is the only other one. Like I don't know. It, yeah. The surprising like, what are you doing? Thing the Oscars would do is give it to Spielberg. Yeah, that would that be would the be, ultimate self indulgent. Yeah. But again, I love the movie. It was great. I mean, it was fantastic. Me too. Yeah. It'll be on uh, brand for was, Hollywood. I mean, it was good. But that's it, true. Like, yeah. it doesn't need to win this. It wouldn't be it's that right. big of a surprise. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so that's our. We'll see. Are you going to shame us, Oscars? And go again. Which is not a knocking at Fableman. It's. I loved it's it. A, it. Doesn't it, need an Oscar. Anyway, yes. Yeah. <laughs> What? All right. So we've talked about kind of our picks here and what we like about these movies. What are the snubs? What What would you like to see nominated? What do you think should have nominated? Uh, and ideally something that is not a middle-aged man. <laughs> is that, I guess the Daniels are kind of like bordering that. They're 34, 35. And well, Spielberg's 76. So I guess he's kind of, he's not yeah, really no, age, but... like... Yeah, he's grandpa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he is true. Yeah. yeah, who else? Who's our snubs? Jackie, you go first. Uh, why are you volunteering me to? Okay, then I will go first. You want me to? You wanted to? I'll take it back. I just try to be polite, but I I, I have my my stuff going. <laughs> no, I get it, but it's just I just think it's funny. Like after everyone, you're like Jackie, you want to? I know. I just I just feel like I, I don't know. I, 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 it's I'm not gonna, all good. <laughs> We're all selfless here. That's it's that's the thing. I'm trying to be. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> no, and I and I applaud you, Jason. Um, <laughs> I don't need. Um, and so <laughs> okay, let's see. So I think I mentioned it earlier, but again, because I just feel like it was done a disservice. Um, the Woman King. Um, and I was Gina Prince Bythewood. Um, yes. she not only did she just. Her and Viola Davis, and then their um produce and then the producer as well, Sue. I can't remember her last name. Um, but uh seriously, the amount of work that not only that was put into that, but I mean, and it does have like it you can argue that it does have some like of the same like formulaic things that you would expect from a from a movie of that nature. Um, but at the same time, there's there's clear direction. Um, the way in which like the actors are not only just like playing off of each other, like you see that they're playing off each other's energy, um, you know, and again, also too, this has to do with the writing as well as the, the, the talent of the actors, which is why it's like, it's not all direction, right? You know, because it's coming from everyone, right? Mm-hmm. But like, right. there's clear direction. You can feel, especially if you've watched um, other, like other films of hers, um, you can definitely tell like her direction style and everything, like where where she was really felt um in those scenes. She just she's just amazing. Again, also, nope, just gonna keep saying it, you know, throughout the entire um podcast. Um, Jordan Peele has been proving himself again and again and again that this comedic actor can like be like give us drama, give us horror. Um, it's incredible timing. Um, and again, I think, and it feels like when I was watching it, because I've been watching it, 
Um, I've, I can't count how many times that I've watched film. Um, it's getting insane. Um, the, the number of times. <laughs> but you can tell, it's one of those films that you can tell. Not only were they having a great time on set, but Jordan just let them go. Because like these yeah. are incredible actors that you're working with. And even like the newcomer um, who, who played... Um, <laughs> like the guy who comes in and stalls the camera and everything like that. Yes, the oh, best yes. Um, the character's name. Um, he did a phenomenal job. And of course, you have Stephen Yun and you have David Kaluuya, you have Kiki Palmer, just like this incredible cast of people, incredible, incredible cast of characters. And it's one of those movies you look and you go, you know what? Jordan just let them do their thing. Like, and, and and it's in the, like, kind of like the holding back that you see, you still see a lot of Jordan's um, direction in this. Um, mm. And it's just, it's just incredible. Um, so those would have been, those are my snubs. I haven't seen Till, so I can't really speak to that. I but see that I've seen I've other, see I've that. read other things. Yeah. I've read other things that had said that that was a snub as well. Um, and having watched an interview um uh, that that same that same um I can't talk anymore that same table talk that I was talking about before uh from Hollywood Reporter where it was like a round table of directors um the director of Till was there as well as Jordan Peele and they were all talking about um you know their their process and everything and I'm just surprised because she seemed like I mean to have number one is really hard to do um movies of that nature, especially when we were talking about, again, we were talking about Black trauma, we were talking about history, we were talking about, um, especially when you're talking about a young boy being lynched, you, this is the story of Emmett Till for all of those who don't know. Um, but she made the decision not to, because so many, too many, too many movies do this where they'll show the actual incident. She chose to, because she said there will no not be Black violence, it's going to be a celebration of his life. And Maybe maybe that's not maybe to some people that's not you know that that's not a cause for like winning an Oscar or at least getting a nomination. But to me, with so many other movies doing it, and as a director myself, to make that decision, I think speaks volumes. Takes so much, so many guts. Um, because no, because otherwise we get all these other movies that are pro- are profiting off of black trauma and in those movies. Yep. They're showing the actual incident happen as if as as if we're not already seeing it day to day. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's mine. That's my team. Yeah. I'll quickly uh also uh go on and say I'm right with you with uh Gina Prince. Is it Bl- Bythewood? Thank you. Bythe- I've heard I've seen Bythewood. Someone said by the wood, and I was like, <laughs> Oh my god. Yeah. yeah, and I was like, fun. bro, um <laughs> So like I've kind of loved her since Love and Basketball that came out yeah. like 20 years ago. Um she she's like somehow like like there needs to be something about this like she's had a career in spite of women directors not being able to have a career like Secret Life of Bees, Beyond the Lights mm-hmm. came out of I guess that was several years ago. I, really? I just I've been following her like The Old Guard which was was pretty rad but I that was kind of my least favorite of her stuff mm-hmm. even though I know a lot of people love that movie. But I mean there there needs to be like for Oscars for me, it's not only obviously the movie, but in terms of like celebrating, not that it has to be like a, you know, like a recognition of your career, but that alone, but on top of that, the woman King is just awesome. Like in terms of, 
you know, it's obviously has stuff going on, but, but it's, it's, you know, in terms of the Oscars doing their, like, like, again, let's go back to Triangle Sadness. Like, that's almost what you expect. Like, this classicist, stoic, Nordic, like, you know what I mean? This is not that. It's, there's Mm. so much, like, blood and, 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 like, high, like, pulse rate going on on top of whatever else is doing. Like, I can't say enough about her, and, and I, I just, I'm excited what she does next, and she, she got to get some recognition at some point. Yeah, She's like, I, I just love her so much. And also quickly, I wanted to mention um, uh, Ryan Coogler because I mean, he had an impossible oh, yeah. task. I mean, yeah. he, he literally had to make the next Black Panther movie without his star. And I, I don't want to get emotional. And it, obviously Marvel doesn't need a lot of love because they are movies right now. But I mean, how, how did he do this? Make a movie without a star, deliver on that and, and just kind of keep his whole team on board. Like keep on, mm-hmm. you're, you're getting Angela Bassett, you know, an Oscar nomination and, you know, I just, I, I can't imagine what he had to do to, to push this through. Cause obviously he was good friends. Um, mm-hmm. it, you know, you know what? It's so sad. I, I call him black Panther. <laughs> I <laughs> know Chadwick Boseman's name, but yeah. I do, but I, I just like, I just can't imagine the trauma that that entire crew, because you were mentioning earlier, the movie's not just one person. It's a crew. It, it's everyone in front of the camera, behind the camera. And yeah. they a lot of those people he brought over from the first movie and were in love with Chadwick. So I, I, there needs to be some type of recognition for, for what he muscled to, to get that through. And I will... I will follow Coogler anywhere because of Creed. Yeah. Um, that was like, yeah. I couldn't believe what he did with the Rocky legacy and honor it, but also kind of take it somewhere completely different and fresh with Michael B. Jordan. So um, I, I want to station. Just, just a shout out. station. Yeah. Oh that too, God. yes. Oh, yeah, absolutely, yes. yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I just wanted to shout out Coogler because I, I freaking love him. <laughs> Mike, who do you got? Agreed. Agreed. I, I agree with with all that. Um Man, I love Nope. Woman King, as I talked about before, is friggin' awesome. Um, side note, I wish I had seen it before uh, when we did the supporting actor, because I believe, Jackie, you had mentioned, um, oh, I'm going to get her name wrong. Um, Thuso? Oh, Tuso. Im- Tuso. Tuso Imbido. Yeah. Yes, as a nominee. So she, yeah, she was fantastic. I also loved Lashana Lynch as Izogi. Oh. She was so good. So good. She stole every scene. She every she scene. Fantastic. I'm like, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, I love that movie. I thought it was cool that we got a historic epic that also was like an action movie. Yeah. And, I mean, so for much. two guys here that do a martial arts podcast, I'm watching this on like, I, wa- I want to know more about how they choreographed the fights. I want to know I'm- like, there's that one scene that. where it's like it's 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 like broad daylight and they're fighting and there are those two things that she's like whipping around and they're making like this noise. Yes. Like shout out to the sound editors and the sound. Right, which, how did that? Yeah. Oh my god! I'm like I'm like and I'm in the theater going like I need to know, I need to learn what that is like uh, what can I, can, you know right and I'm still teaching that because seriously and I don't know what I would use it for but just to say that I know how to do it I don't know but it was just so it was so good like whoever did again the fight choreography oh my god that needs to yes. be on the popcorn and punches yes and you should yeah, we come will join us to that. talk about it yes yes <laughs> I know nothing uh, yeah. about fighting but yes it was great <laughs> Fighting is just one aspect of those That's movies just that the, we the, love talking the about. Starting point for where we go. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, to the other, just one other, I'll give that I feel would only be uh, proper to 
nominate is if you could nominate two movies at the same time, I would love one of my favorite directors in my beloved horror genre. I would love to see Ty West nominated. He delivered two movies uh, connected to each other, X and Pearl in 2022. And they are significantly different in terms of style. Uh, You know, one of them, X captures this like 1970s, grody, like grindhouse horror style. And then somehow impossibly, Pearl does this, delivers on this glossy, like golden age, silver screen, gone with the wind type style, but it's horror. And it's wild that he gave us both of these movies and they're done so well that he brings out, you know, talking about a an actor's director, like, uh, you know, Mia Goth delivers these fantastic performances. Yes, she has she this does. in Pearl, this like 15 minute monologue that is insane that I love. It reminded me of um, Steve McQueen did, uh, got that similar type of monologue out of, Another one of my favorites, Michael Fassbender in Hunger, talking about another mm-hmm. Irish movie. Like two movies where there's like a solid good chunk of this movie that's looking at one character delivering a monologue and it's gripping and fantastic. And so, yeah, I would have loved to seen Ty West. Uh, again, I think it, especially the the work there is phenomenal when you compare the two movies, one that they both came out last year and that they're related to each other and feel related, but yet they're also man, they are just dramatically, dramatically different in how they're mm-hmm. presented. That and That's some crazy range. So I love Ty West. He's another, like, director. I'll see anything he comes out with, so I would give Ty that shout. Um, all right, I think, so yeah, we've got our, we've got our nominee. We're all on board the Everything Everywhere All at Once train. Uh, we're hoping they don't go crazy and we'll see we'll see and everybody needs to get out and see woman king nope if you haven't again give jordan peele his respect right now exactly yes exactly (laughs) yes you can see that and then go over to paramount plus and make sure you watch devotion uh because that was also awesome there's a lot of good movies and maybe by the time you're listening to this woman king will be on netflix so if you haven't seen it there you go stop wasting your time go see these good movies with these fantastic directors that aren't all middle-aged men <laughs> we have other movies that we could see uh all right uh, i think any final thoughts on directing from either of you or these directors or i'm happy uh with what we've said i'm good yes yes we've got a lot of good stuff here awesome well we'll be back again soon with even more fun um you want to find us on the socials uh starting with us uh, Jason and I are on Punches and Popcorn. That's our, as we talked about, that's our martial arts movie podcast. Where we talk about a wide range of martial arts movies. We're uh, on every podcast app you could find. And our socials are at Punches and Popcorn with an N like Guns and Roses. <laughs> and, uh, and again, we've done an episode previously with Jackie here on The Raid. Please go see that movie if you have not. And listen to our episode. Jackie is delivering gold as always uh jackie where can our our listeners here find you and uh the projects you're involved with 
Absolutely. So as I mentioned earlier uh, in the podcast, so I am a filmmaker. I am the uh, co-founder, director, and producer for Our Voices Project, which is a production company based here in Rochester um, that shares the stories and experiences of Black, Brown, and Indigenous people. Um, we have a podcast that's called Representation in Cinema, where we talk about Black, Brown, Indigenous representation and how we are portrayed in movies. Um, you can go find that at ourvoicesproject.com slash podcast. We are also on every uh, podcast platform um, that you can mentioned. Um, and yeah, we, like I, I think I said this last podcast, um, working on our most recent episode where we talked about Latino representation um, and the influence of Edward James almost. So I'm Ooh, yes. sharing that episode as well. Nice. Nice. I'm very excited. To, I'm very <laughs> excited to hear that. That's yeah. awesome. Well, yeah. check those out. Get out, watch movies, go to your local independent theater. For those of us in Rochester here, make sure you go see stuff at the Little because they have a uh, you know, wonderful theater experience and, of course, the legendary Little Popcorn. So go see movies, go watch them, appreciate them, enjoy them, and uh, check out our other shows and keep listening. Have a good night, everybody.